Welcome to MBSing. I'm your host, Mary Beth Smith. My guest today in episode 35 is my friend Amy Thompson, uh, who I was just going to hang out with one night and then realized that she's leaving to go uh, on a boat for a few months uh, with Second City soon. And I was like, you know what would be a fun thing to do with you before you leave is my podcast. And this is uh, the result of me suggesting that, and I'm really, really glad I did, uh, cause Amy was such a great guest, um, this was a really fun conversation, uh, I, I out myself as not really having seen very much of The Simpsons, which I know is kind of sacrilege in the comedy community, um, but, you know what, I've seen some, I, I get it. I have every intention of watching more. As a matter of fact, uh, this was probably the first MBSing episode where we talked about something pop culture where immediately after we finished recording, we both uh, wanted to watch some Simpsons. So we sat down and watched some Simpsons and played with uh, the kitten that we were babysitting that uh, comes over kitten sitting, cat sitting. Uh, that comes up a couple times in the episode, um, and, and it was wonderful, and we rang in Amy's birthday, and we watched Burt Wonderstone, which wasn't very good, um, but, but it was just a, a really good time, and this was a part of it, and I was really glad, uh, to be able to, uh, chat with her, um, what else, the Super Bowl was this past weekend, which was kind of boring, but was fun to watch because I was watching it with Reagan Reagan, the team that I perform with every Friday at the One Group Mind Theater at the corner of Newport and Sheffield at 8 p.m. Plugs. Uh, And also it made me so ready for baseball to start. Uh, less than ten days until pitchers and catchers report. I think it's nine. Nine or eight. It's single digits at this point. And yesterday the Braves re-signed Freddie Freeman and Jason Hayward for eight-year, eight-year, and two-year deals, respectively. So that was an exciting day for me and a vast majority majority of you. Don't care, but go back into the archives for my conversation with Bill Mikey and find out why I care and why he does. Because it was about baseball, and baseball is great. Just so everyone knows, lest we forget when we get all wrapped up with football, baseball is right around the corner. And I know for a lot of you, that means negative connotations. And uh, that's fine. But just remember, there are those of us out there who also love it. So that's why it still exists. (laughs) And I'm not sorry. Uh, Yep, that's 
that boils that boils everything down pretty well. Um, make sure you're checking out the other podcasts on uh, the Nerdlogs network, as it were. Uh, Your stories, Nerdlogcast, and Talking Games with Tim and Clayton. Uh, Tim and Clayton are great additions to the family, and uh, have been putting out some great content for a while now. Um, and, uh, probably show up on this show and in the not-too-distant future, uh, so go ahead and check those out. you get weird previews for what their episodes will be like, I guess. Um, but anyway, without too much further ado, uh, I'll make sure I get in a plug for the next Your Stories event, uh, with the Nerdlogs. That is February. I wanted to get the right date, so I looked it up, but just now, while I'm recording, instead of beforehand, February 16th at 7 o'clock. I thought it was the 16th, but I didn't want to be incorrect. Uh, that's at the Public House Theater. Um, come share your fan fiction or story about fan fiction with us, uh, because the theme is fan fiction, or just share anything. Because the theme is uh, just a suggestion and not uh, anything you're beholden to. Uh, Those nights are a lot of fun, so I totally suggest uh, checking one out. Our guests this month are uh, from Peaches and Hot Sauce, uh, which is uh, uh, also a producer of many podcasts. So it makes sense that we're pairing up with them for this event. So check out that night if you're in the Chicago area. And enjoy this episode. When did you move to Chicago? Uh, like right before that? Sort of. Um, I I did comedy studies. Mm. So I came out my junior year of college. Gotcha. For five, four months. Yeah. Then I came back out the summer between my junior and senior year of college for two months. Gotcha. Then I graduated college a year later. And I moved out seven days later. Where did so, you like, go to school? I went to Brandeis University in Boston. I think I knew that. I think you've told me that before. Massachusetts. And then, um, so you had some time and had some connections and I stuff like that. a huge safety net. Because when I came out here for comedy studies, Matt Hope came out, Sam Roos came out, and three and you knew more them of our friends came before. out from college. Oh. Four, five, five more of our friends came out. So cool. Like ten of us came out, and I was the only one who hadn't just graduated. I was... Gotcha. Still in college, but my best friends were all moving out here. Gotcha. So, like, they all moved Which out here. Which is why seven together. days after you graduated, you were like, get me to Deuces. Chicago. And, like, I've already lived there. Like, I, yeah, yeah. That's so nice. I, I moved up here with one other guy that I knew, uh, that I went to school with, and we knew one other person who lived here already, and that was about it, and I had never been here before. Do you still talk to these people? Uh, yeah, on occasion. See, because, um, like, Sam, I'm seeing tonight. Right, like, Matt, yeah. Matt lives are... across the street from me. Like, we have lived, we live closer together now than we live While you're in, in school. <laughs> uh, we lived together for the first two years that I lived here. See, yeah, I only lived with this guy, Lior, and another Sam <laughs> when I moved out here. And we don't live together anymore, but, like, Lior's coming to my birthday tomorrow. Right. You know, like... Right. You're so close with all of them. They're my people. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it's interesting. It's... I feel like, for some reason, Boston people have that, like, camaraderie. That... The UMass Amherst has, like, a big uh, group of students that all came here together, I too. I think a lot of 
like school mm-hmm. cliques, I guess is what you call them. Exist. Yeah. Sam yeah. and Matt and I did sketch comedy together since like day one of college. That's awesome. And then Sam, like Sam and I started because in college we used to run writers meetings mm-hmm. and we'd write separately from those writers meetings, just the two of us on Fridays, like oh. every Friday. And then we'd bring that stuff to the writers meetings every week. And so like, gotcha. And then by the end of it, we were like, mm, everything would be better if it was just the two of us instead of all these people. <laughs> like we, ha- I remember having this conversation with him and we were like, Oh, we have to like get all of our sketches approved by all these people. And they suck. <laughs> and like last week we did a right. like, completely a show of just the two of us. Uh-huh. We've been doing that for a while, but like last week we talked, we did our like post, evil postmortem uh, and we were like you know what like we hadn't shown those sketches to anyone we had done two of those beforehand huh. but we didn't test them with anyone uh-huh. we didn't do like sniff factor kind of stuff uh-huh. we just put them up and people just liked them and I was like Sam like remember that time when we were like the two of us need to kind of be in an autonomous kind of thing <laughs> now it is it is and like people are okay <laughs> with it you know what yeah, I mean that's really cool but it's been Matt's seven years and we definitely wanted to include Matt yeah that's awesome. That's really awesome. It's super good. Like, why change? I feel like everyone has a different, uh, like, journey, story into yeah. how they come to Chicago and into the comedy community. But I feel like that's those are some of the more, like, successful ones even. The ones where people started before they got here. And just, like, this is just solidifying something that already existed. Yeah. I mean, Sam... Did comedy studies, and that's why I did comedy studies. He got... I left your things. That's okay. No. <laughs> he got he got the thing, and I was like, fuck, I need to do that. Yeah. And two years later, I applied. Yeah. And then two years... A year after me, another guy applied, and a year after him, another guy applied, and then another guy, and another that's, guy. That's funny. We got a crazy legacy. Furman's kind of becoming that... Uh, like, my group of friends is kind of doing that, like, independently of, of comedy studies, just because, like... There are other people already here that we all enjoyed working with and improvising with, and they see how much fun you're having. Like the friend, exactly, exactly, and you know, so we're kind of starting, we're kind of starting that community. Uh, It's still a work in progress. The our friend whose cat we have was the most recent addition to uh, that process. Um, but, uh, uh, we're still talking to a, a few other people who are interested in coming. So do you guys, do you guys like write together? Uh, we, we didn't do that much writing in college. We were all just, we did, we were on a short form improv team together. Oh, cool. Yeah. So we That's did, we did a lot of improv together. Uh, and one of our friends wrote a couple of like 10 minute plays that we put up at student produced festivals. And they were so funny, and we've been trying to get him to move here, and he was in a master's PhD program for chemistry, and he hated it. Yeah. And so we were just like, quit, Come on. quit, and move here, and write us more stuff. Like, and he just quit like two weeks that's ago. Amazing. Yeah. I bet his parents hate you. Uh, he was so like miserable. No, that's all that matters. That that eventually, I think his parents like started to support, be supportive of his decision. I mean, he's not definitely moving here yet, but the the fact that he quit finally is got like, him out such of that a step mess. in the right direction. Of course, that's the biggest step. He was so miserable. Um, yeah. So 
yay. Yeah. Yay. So I feel like I'm still kind of like building that. That's awesome. Uh, that like college. Yeah, it's weird. Community. I never expected to have like this weird subset of a community, but like mm-hmm. these people will always show up to like my birthday. Yeah. And I will always show up to theirs. Right. And like it's, we don't hang out as often as we should. Some mm-hmm. of us do. Mm-hmm. But everyone is just like, best friends yeah. to the core. Yeah. I, I can weird. totally see that being what, like, the, what my college is like. It's, I, I like what you said, you know, that, like, background. It's like a subset community within a larger community. Yeah, because, like, they get at what's going on, but they mm-hmm. also bring in such, like, cool external forces. Like, my yeah. best friend, Lior writes for the reader. He writes... Oh, cool. He's, like, the head music editor for the reader. Cool. So he gets me into, like, all the reader parties and, like, yeah. tells me when people are coming to town and gets me plus ones to concerts all the That's time. That's awesome. And he, whenever I need a, a, to step away from, like, the fucking comedy community that's mm-hmm. killing me, He's mm-hmm. always there. Like on Valentine's Day, I'm going to the Reader's Valentine's Day party. That's awesome. With Big Frida playing a concert. And that's like, awesome. And that's free. like a week before you leave, right? Two, yeah. A couple? Nope. One. You're right. Everything's coming up real quick. <laughs> the 23rd? Yeah. Oh, I'm freaking out. Uh, you'll be fine. I know. I'm nervous, though. I think uh, I, met, I just met Annalise Toft. She's the greatest. Like last weekend. For the first time, and she was telling me that she is like directing the your company. I'm really excited. Yeah, it seems like she's excited too, which makes she me more seemed excited. very very excited when I was talking to her about it because I was just like she's directing another group, but it's all vets. So I feel like she thinks she, I feel like she thinks she can do more with us mm-hmm. because we've got the new murder mystery. Oh yeah, <laughs> she told me that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's so cool. So I think it might be a little. How more... often are you guys like? Do you guys perform it? I don't know. I think it's it's. I was told it was up to the cruise director. I guess huh. there's a person on the ship who is in charge of all the scheduling performances, and so we can. I think we will do it n- no more than twice a week. Hmm. But the murder mysteries no more than twice a week, and everything could be up to twice a week. So it's like two murder mysteries, two best of second cities, two improv sets. Wow. So the most you could do is six shows a week. I don't know, because I thought we did multiple shows a night. Uh-huh. So they're like, I'm confused, but I'm going to do it because I'll be on a boat. Like, I'll show up when they tell me to. Right. Yeah. What else are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I am nervous that I'm just going to, like, either fall into this, like, reclusive writing, exercising, tanning pattern and, yeah. like, kind of not have fun. Uh-huh. Which I'm good at. But I also am really good at, like, beating myself up when I don't have a lot of social outlets. Sure. Uh, yeah. I think it'll be, I think it'll be interesting. I I feel like I have a lot of friends who have done it, but, uh, I feel like everyone comes out of it slightly differently. Right. I have, It's certainly going to be a a study in, like, your own personality. (laughs) I'm really good at making, forcing myself to be productive. Today was an anomaly. (laughs) But, like, I'm still thinking about it. Like, I'm still stressed about the fact that I haven't done anything Mm -hmm. that I should have done today. Mm -hmm. I do that, too. But I'm less good at making myself do stuff. And I'm I'm a lister. More good at being like, man, I should have done stuff. (laughs) No, dude, if I don't do stuff on Thursday, like... Oh, so I'm fucked. And I'm not fucked. Like, All I'll right. do it You'll eventually. Yeah. But, like, I but didn't cross head. anything off my list of things to do. And uh-huh. I, I don't know. Um, I'm, But I will be good 
about like trying something new and like forcing myself to grow on the boat, which will be good. Sweet. Good. Well, I'm glad I caught you to do this with me before you left. Me too. Uh, you want to you wanna get this party started? Yeah, let's start the party. Uh, my guest today is Amy Thompson. Oh my god, have you been recording this whole time? Yeah. No! Not the whole time. No. I don't want <laughs> Sorry. Why are you sorry? Because I just talked about nothing for so long. That's why I started it first, just Shit. to ease you into it. You sneaky. I am sneaky. <laughs> I won't use the whole thing. Okay. <laughs> There's no way I'll use the whole thing. It's I've been letting it go for way too long. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Don't, why are you apologizing? <laughs> I did this with my decision. I didn't tell you I was doing it. Why would you be sorry? Oh, we were I just having a conversation. About... All right, pressure's on. No, I'll that's right now. that's the whole point of me starting it before I tell you, so that there's no pressure. But I understand how Garage Man works. Like I could have looked up and noticed <laughs> that I was just talking. About... Yeah, sometimes I like take the screen and I, you know, make it all the way dark so right. that I'm like double sneaky. I didn't even do that. I can see if I'm like pinging off your charts, so I'm probably being too loud. Uh, no, it'll be fine. <laughs> it'll be fine. <laughs> I wish you weren't apologizing. That's I'm not ridiculous. Sorry. Good. You shouldn't be. <laughs> uh... <laughs> you got me all hopped up on black tea. Today's guest is Amy Thompson. Oh. We're getting real hopped up on black tea. I'm going to be really honest, and I haven't, I've been worried about this since I, like, started drinking this cup of tea. I never drink caffeine after, like one in the afternoon so i'm probably not gonna sleep we'll see it'll be a new adventure i'll take you out let's go (laughs) we can ring in your birthday oh yeah uh yeah amy's birthday is in like three hours what hour were you born do you know no i think it was okay so i know it was 6 30 a.m oh but i don't think (laughs) (laughs) what hour were you born do you know? No. I think it was 6.30 a.m. But I, I easily could have made that up. I can trust nothing that you tell me the whole rest of this time. I just, I'm not positive if, uh, I was about to say I'm not positive if it was 6.30 this morning or the next morning. But I'm like, no, I was born on the 29th. So, I think... There's only one 6.30 a.m. per day, Amy. Remember that time I told you I was, like, really good at logic? Yeah. <laughs> really good at, like, standardized testing. <laughs> okay, so I uh, either it was 6.30 or I made that up. Okay, cool. Uh, well. I ruined my brother's eighth birthday party. By doing what? Being born the day, oh. the day of it. You guys have the same birthday? Mm-mm. His birthday party was, was on the 29th on... of January. When's his actual the birthday? The 1st of February. Okay. Well, he was being greedy. He was eight. <laughs> my lovely Jessie? grandmother. Is yes. that what you said his name was? Yeah. My lovely grandmother and Jesse's best friend's mom took all the kids bowling. Oh, that sounds so fun. My mom was like, I'm busy having a baby three months early. Whoa. That's a bomb to drop, too. You were so preemie. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, you're a little. See, people say that, but, like, my parents are little, so I think I would have uh, come out this way anyway. It would have been genetic. Yeah, regardless. I think I was done. I think I was just trying to, like, <laughs> like speed well, up I'm good. Process. Peace. <laughs> I got to get out. Stuff early. Be having times. I can't just lay around. <laughs> I'm a list maker. I'm a productive person. Oh, man. Uh, well, Amy... Uh, is going to be talking to me about The Simpsons. Yes, I am. And I feel like I was waiting for this 
to happen for someone to choose The Simpsons as a topic. You're welcome. As I told you, thank you. <laughs> as I told you, I think it's like iconic and like cult classic enough that I felt like someone would want to talk about it. And then I realized after you told me that this was going to be your topic that you have Homer as your iPhone background. I do have Homer as my iPhone background. I also have like a lot. I realized today I have a lot of Simpsons paraphernalia like around my home. Oh, okay. And I didn't realize it's not even paraphernalia. Like there's a chalkboard in my home and five or six months ago my roommate was arguing on the phone with Comcast and I got really uncomfortable because he was like very angry. Oh. But it was a while. Like uh-huh. it, it, the argument lasted for a long span of time. So in my head, I was like, I just need to do something that like occupies my time and keeps me quiet. Right, right, so right. So on this chalkboard, I like meticulously drew Homer Simpson, <laughs> and he's been there like thinking about different things. We've drawn other things oh, that that's he's been fun. thinking about for months. That's but fun. But Homer's there, and I have like, uh-huh. a few Simpsons books and like posters and like. Cool. Yeah. So I realized that it has just like slow permeated. I don't even know if it's permeated. Like I think it was there when I started, and I started with The Simpsons, and The Simpsons has just been there. Yeah, I like that. So what was your what was the inception of your your relationship with Simpsons? I can't remember because I think it was it has a lot to do with my older brother. Mm-hmm. So like we mentioned, whose birthday you ruined? What? Whose birthday I ruined? Sorry, Jesse. party. Yeah. Um, I think he was okay about it for a while. <laughs> and he, I don't, I'll have to ask. Okay. <laughs> but he, uh, he's eight years older than I, and so he, anything he watched as a kid, it wasn't that I was allowed to watch mm-hmm. them as well, but I, for some reason, I couldn't, it was like I couldn't a watch 90210. <laughs> I couldn't watch Roseanne. My mom, my mom hated Roseanne. She thought it was like vulgar or like too adult. Uh, I understand. Yeah. I was going to say, now. she was probably justified in sure, thinking that. I guess. I, it's such a good show though. But, um, <laughs> I never really watched that much of it. I don't know why, like she was like this a, a cartoon that's not necessarily aimed at children, even though it is a cartoon. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it kind of just like passed Slipped through. the sniff test or whatever. Mm-hmm. But my brother always watched The Simpsons and so I can, like to the time like for the time I can remember I back nice back to the time I can remember I watched it as well even if you may have been too young right like it started on the Tracy Ullman show in 88 or 89 I can't remember which specifically Mm -hmm. but um it started as a short yeah I mean that makes sense and then it started as a syndicated not syndicated that started as a sitcom Mm -hmm. Uh, isn't it like the longest running sitcom uh, yeah. Period. I, yeah, I was actually reading like fun Simpson facts. Oh, really? Uh, I do that a lot when I'm bored. <laughs> I was reading that, and they were saying. That I feel like there's something about Simpsons that makes it that kind of thing for people. Like, like people who love it just really love it. Well, there are lots of loopholes, and there are not loopholes. What am I talking about? There are lots of um, backstories, mm-hmm. and the writers are all fascinating, interesting people in themselves, and the. Mm-hmm. the Anyone involved in the show is interesting. So, like, learning about The Simpsons is just as uh, captivating as The Simpsons themselves. That's interesting. Um, I remember in high school, one of my best friends, Will, used to drive this... He drove the, like, quintessential old man car. Like, it was one of those, like, wide mm, Like a Cadillacs Cutlass or a, a Grand Marquis yeah, or something exactly. like that. Yeah, it was, it was off-white, and he had... Uh, leather maroon leather interior yeah and it smelled like an old man car and Will was just like a weirdo but will would have a little it's so illegal he had this little mini portable dvd player 
in, oh. in the in between the two front seats, like uh-huh. at the console or where uh-huh. that would have been, I guess. He didn't really use it. And he would wa- simultaneously watch The Simpsons with the commentary on and drive. While he was driving? So That's I think, crazy. I think he treated it like someone would treat a podcast. So yeah. he, didn't, he didn't necessarily watch, watch the it. screen. Yeah. But if you were a passenger in the car, of course you would. Right, right, right. And so I, that cool. was when I really got, it was in high school. I yeah. got like really into like the backs the background stuff that's awesome and like obviously like conan was involved Mm -hmm. like some of his episodes are the classic Mm -hmm. iconic episodes what seasons was he writing during good question i don't i don't know no it was it was okay yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, i knew that was one of his first big writing jobs right i believe so i think so too I think uh, well, it takes a lot to get to write for The Simpsons, yeah. especially. So, like, they had already been in quite a few seasons. Right. I don't know. I have no idea. Right. He was doing... I could easily look it up, but no, that's it's not... fine. I it's don't want important. people to listen to me use my iPhone on this. No. I don't, <laughs> I don't want people listening to you do that either. Uh, cool. Well, what are, what are some of your favorite, like moments or episodes or everyone um, says the first 10 seasons are better than anything else okay how so do you feel the, about that the cool thing about the first 10 seasons that i always argued when so when we were like when we me and will when we were since <laughs> high school we used to argue that the um the thing that the simpsons lost when they kind of started competing with Family Guy, for lack of a better term, competing isn't right because, like, the Simpsons were already established and they had sure. a fan base and they were, yeah. a, like, a brand They're trying to, itself. like, at least respond to that. that. Yeah, their reaction to the success that Seth MacFarlane was having with his, like, like hit him hard, hit him fast humor. Mm-hmm. Um, Non-sequitur. Kind of, yeah, the non-sequiturs and the what their reaction was to do was, like, have multiple storylines in... An episode, oh. and it, it certainly made The Simpsons lose their heart. Huh? And I remember in Sims in Simpsons, I remember in high school watching a Simpsons episode and going and counting on our fingers how the, many, how many storylines were, how many plot lines or subplots were started in an episode. Oh and it, man! It, it just it grew uh-huh. as as The Simpsons started to the popularity started to wane. Oh, and um. Obvi- it like felt obvious that they were correlated, mm-hmm. and like you lost the moral at the end of an episode. You mm-hmm. lost like the family values because they were so busy trying to cram as many jokes. references or jokes or subplots in. Mm-hmm. Um, but like some of the best best episodes were like the, just the classic first few seasons where like, the main problem would be I don't know Bart can't uh, pass a test in mm-hmm. school like or uh, Bart. Wants to be involved in, I don't know, the science fair or something like that. <laughs> like, there are lots of, like, little problems, little dilemmas that can, or not little, simple dilemmas mm-hmm. that can take up a whole episode and, I guess, uh, be a metaphorical reference to, like, larger things in life. That's cool. That people glom onto and people respect and take much more out, take much more from. Mm-hmm. Than, than just a joke fest. Yeah, exactly. That's really funny. Hitting short because jokes. the last episode, uh, or two episodes ago, I go technically, I guess, uh, I had um, <clears throat> a friend of mine who's an illustrator mm-hmm. talked about cartoons in general, and like 
more most specifically we talked about uh nickelodeon cartoons cool but he you know cartoons just like you know have influenced him to the point that he has become an illustrator and cartoonist so yeah. that's what he wanted to talk about for sure and when we talked about uh we talked about the senses a little bit but one of the things that we both agreed that we had always gravitated towards in any cartoons uh specifically we were talking about uh hey arnold is also a cartoon that we felt I would have hey like arnold. really moral messages without being like heavy-handedly uh, moral dilemmas and, you know, similar to what you were saying, just small problems that you, when you're watching you could easily relate to mm -hmm. and uh, come back to in the end. Yeah. So I think it's interesting that you pointed out the same strength of those earlier seasons. Right. Do you feel like it's... How much do you watch it, like, current episodes? Oh. Current episodes, um, I've just gotten back into it. Oh, really? Yeah, I think the recent seasons have kind of gotten gone back to. I've heard that too. But I think it ugh, was it Al Jean who came back. I think he's the producer who came back to The Simpsons after a long hiatus. But I could just be blaspheming it. I don't. I, the thing is, I'm so passionate about it. But like the stu, the not stupid, the little details are the things that I like totally let slip through the cracks. Mm, it's not um, important. But. Yeah, recently they've gotten they've gotten back to like simple times, and also like going back to the you know uh, stupid Seth MacFarlane Simpsons rivalry <laughs> thing. Right. I think American Dad has was Seth MacFarlane's like better show. I know a, a couple of people who really like that show, I, and I've I, never watched. I really it. like some. Uh, there are certain episodes that are obvious crap, but there are mm -hmm. certain episodes that are so funny, mm -hmm. and those it seems like it was him trying to kind of fit back into the, not sitcom formula, but the, definitely the family sitcom formula hmm. um, that The Simpsons does so well, mm -hmm. and that's why I like that show better. Mm -hmm. And I highly recommend watching their Christmas specials. Their Christmas specials are really cool. The American Dad Christmas yeah. specials? And there's an episode where Stan becomes obsessed with Jim Jameson. Who's Jim Jameson? He's the lead singer for uh, A Band of Horses. Oh! <laughs> that's really obscure. <laughs> it's super funny. Uh, Band of Horses. Was it? I really like them. <laughs> uh, but I just feel like that's like such a specific thing for him to become obsessed <laughs> with. Um, I, I forget what I was doing. Oh, I was looking up Al Jean. Go for it. <laughs> but also, I that's not important to me. Um, oh, yes, please. <laughs> <Continue>. <laughs> It's funny that you can uh, zero in on th on it that like that much. If that's what you like about The Simpsons, and subsequently what you like more about American Dad. Uh, I I don't know why, but I have just never seen that much Simpsons. Really? I guess no, really. Like it's kind of a black blank spot in it's it's a. I have some pretty glaring things that I didn't watch when I was growing up that yeah. a lot of people did, and The Simpsons is certainly one of them. Jim James. I'm sorry. It's okay. Continue. Jim James is who he becomes obsessed with. Yeah, I did and that And it wrong. is the lead singer of The Band of Horses. <laughs> who knows if I'm making all of this up? It doesn't matter. Stop fact-checking. I'm gonna... It's my morning jacket. I'm an idiot. It doesn't matter. No, it's that was exactly really what I was thinking. That's exactly 
I knew I had it wrong, so I had to look it up. Gotcha. Jim James is the lead singer of My Morning Jacket. Okay. Stan becomes obsessed with it. You've never seen The Simpsons. Continue. Uh, no. I, I mean, I've seen, I would say the ones I've seen the most are the Halloween specials. Mm. The House of... Treehouse. Treehouse of Horror. Yeah. Is that what they're all called? Um, they just have, like, they have numerated. Roman numerals. Yeah. I've seen a lot of those there, for one reason or another. I had to leave a sleepover once because I was uh, too scared <laughs> from the, an episode of a, of this, a Halloween episode of The Simpsons. Yeah, I also found them pretty <laughs> unsettling. Oh, I was such a... They write a lot of alien storylines. How old do you think you were? Oh, I could. I was probably nine. <laughs> There's an episode where like Bart has a twin... Oh, um, I've seen that one, and he lives in the attic. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Um, and they ha- they didn't tell him they about didn't him tell for his whole him, life. And he's, yeah. like, crawling around through the vent. That's and, like, really unsettling. The, the thing that The Simpsons does real well, or a lot of cartoons and stuff do real well, satirical cartoons, is uh, parodying movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so they use these wonderful film tropes, and it works so well mm-hmm. that a nine-year-old can be terrified of a of a satirical comedy. Right, right, right. Just because I re- distinctly remember, like, uh, Hugo? I think that was his name, Hugo. Looking through the, yeah, that the sounds right. open vent, like, next to the, of the wall, or, like, uh, crawling through the walls, and I just remember, like, I can't sleep. That's very and someone else is going, <laughs> after seeing this. You watched it at the sleepover? I watched it at a sleepover, and then I was like, my stomach hurts. <laughs> My stomach did not hurt. Oh, no. I needed to sleep You're in my own too bed. too scared of Hugo. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. And he's like, I've watched the episode so many times now that, like, he's such an endearing character. <laughs> it turns out that, like, yeah. that's the evil twin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, right. Look, I made a pigeon rat. He, he, he like, <laughs> made, hybridizes animals. And <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I would say that's one of maybe ten or so episodes that I've seen the entirety of. Oh, cool. I've well, it's a good that one. that little... But see, that's like a simple premise. And, yeah. Yeah. And I remember it really well, even though, gosh, it has to have been at least seven or eight years since I've seen that, if not longer. Yeah. Uh, there are certain episodes that stick with you, mm-hmm. like really stick with you. What are some of yours? Um, I mean, some of them are just wonderful. The The... The episode where, like, a hurricane comes into town and destroys Hmm. um, Ned Flanders' home and no one else's. Um, (laughs) He, I think it's called Hurricane Neddy. Um, He he has, goes through, like, a, he has, like, an existential crisis and a a lapse in, I guess, uh, sanity. Uh Uh-huh. And the whole town kind of comes back to help him out, but, uh... They, no one knows how to make a house, so they make the facade of a house. They made like, what his house looked like perfectly. Uh-huh. And so, like, Ned shows up, and he's so blessed and so happy and feels so grateful for the town until he walks into the home and realizes that there, there's nothing there behind are it. halls that, like, go into nowhere, and there, like, one hall gets really small at the end, and, like, it's just, like, it's not the thought that counts, and he he breaks, and you learn a lot about... The characters, mm-hmm. you can delve deeper into their lives, but you also get, like, a glimpse in human nature and mm-hmm. and the... 
they humanize a character that's seemingly perpetually right happy and yeah and you learn about forgiveness and there's a lot of feelings that's awesome it's wonderful to see them like the payoff of being in the world of the simpsons and then years later being able to see a character um change Uh or evolve or Uh like something that you relate to that they do is really it's good that they yeah it's uh i think that's the strength of a show that's been going on as long as the simpsons has that they can pull things off like that Mm -hmm. um i know there's a lot of outpouring of of love from from that community when the woman who voiced the teacher passed away a yeah. few months ago. Mrs. Kr- she played Mrs. Krabappel. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then I saw the still, or maybe the whole intro of when Bart was uh, writing on the chalkboard and yeah. he just wrote, like, thanks, Miss K, or, like, yeah. we miss you, Miss K, or exactly, something like that. Yeah. And it, I, like, I'm getting chills just thinking about it, uh-huh. and I'm not even a fan of the show. That's so But, cool. like, the voice actors have stuck, a lot of them have stuck with that show for yeah. so, so long. Hank Azaria's been on it the whole time, right? He, yeah, he does tons of voices per episode. Mm-hmm. And they, it's, you can tell that they care about it, mm-hmm. and you can, t- like, it makes you care about it more. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Those are some of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, when I can connect to an ensemble or 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 any kind of group working on a project like that, even if it's just a smaller project like a movie or or an album or something like that, I feel like it makes me love it even more. That's how I feel. I always talk about Parks and Rec because it's like my favorite thing. I love Parks and, and Rec. I I bring it up on the in way too many podcasts because like <laughs> somehow I just find a way to connect it but I feel that way about that show yeah it seems like that whole company just really has fun really has a blast and loves working with one another and it and it and it shows on the actual show and inside and, jokes you can tell they're doing yeah, inside jokes on the show you yeah and the writers are laugh. the writers are like reading into the actors and vice versa exactly um so it's cool when you can see that in something that you're watching I even feel that way with, like, other things in Chicago, like, when I watch improv groups that are really into each other and, like, listening to Improvised Star Trek, which I've been doing pretty obsessively recently, it's so, so obvious that, like, sometimes in scenes they're just playing for each other and you can pick up on it's absolutely it makes you want to listen even more or watch even more it's a wonderful ensemble is a yeah is a perfect mix you know like stick with that yeah absolutely certainly like they've cashed in on it they're Mm -hmm. making uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars an episode for a while i think i read today that like until maybe the seventh season like the I think it was single digits. Mm-hmm. They were getting thirty thousand dollars an episode, and then it just like immediately doubled, really like, tripled or something. It was crazy. So they're making like a, a bunch of money. So oh, they, I'm they sure. Stick around. I'm sure everyone on so that show is sitting on a big old pile of money. Right, royalties. I'll in. give it to them. It's been on. <laughs> it's been in syndication for. It has to be at least ten years, if yeah. not more than that. And in August, it'll all be online. Um, I oh think yeah, it, I, think, I saw that. I think it's FX. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, they've got all the rights to release everything digitally. Mm-hmm. I'm super excited <laughs> for that. Uh, there was a time where we would just 
watch bootlegs on uh, WTSO, WashingtonSimpsonsOnline.com, <laughs> oh. and we would just be like, all right, just whatever works, because the links never worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we would just be like, whatever link works, we will watch. Uh-huh. Um, I also have a tradition with uh, Sam Roos just going to his DVD stack and flipping through it. And just picking out um, a disc. They're all just seasons and seasons. Right. Of them. And, gotcha. and picking it at random and just saying whatever works. That's like, fun. pick something on this disc, and it's inevitably the same disc that we pick every time. Really? Yeah. So like, oh, we've seen all of these. It's not, we've seen all of these. Like, doing this, it's just that, like, I've seen the first, I guess, 11 seasons so many times mm-hmm. that I have no idea if it's, if, if I've seen all of them. Where oh, I've seen all of them. I just right, know that right, I know right. every word to every episode. That's so... I don't... Man, I just don't re-watch things that often. And and, and uh, I don't know. I don't I think th- I do it with other shows. Just though. The Simpsons? I think I can do it with something that is so kind of ingrained in my childhood. Yeah, that's um, probably a good point. I can walk... I've, I've freaked out my roommates before. I've walked into the <laughs> home after being out... They've been watching The Simpsons, and I remember distinctly one time I was cooking dinner in the kitchen, my roommate was watching The Simpsons, someone set up a joke on The Simpsons, and I just finished it, and he goes, you've been home for less than a minute, <laughs> you like, already know how to finish this joke, like, you just, you just, A, ruined the joke I was about to see, B, you're in the kitchen, continue cooking and doing what you're doing, and how did you hear that and know what to do? I can't tell you how I know that. That's so funny. Um, I it used, really is that it internalized. Just, yeah. In the back of my head. Yeah. I, and there's so many people who I feel like have a similar totally. relationship with I the Simpsons. I love talking to people about that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's the other thing is people who know The Simpsons will talk to each other about The Simpsons. <laughs> uh, every once in a while, so, someone will write a joke into a Nerdlog sketch yeah. that's uh, like weak Simpsons reference and I never know what they are and everyone else always is like oh yeah like uh purple monkey dishwasher is something that made it into a Simpsons show uh, into a Nerdlog show and I had no clue that it was from the Simpsons uh what was something else recently Uh, the suit the suit has no effect the uh the suit isn't working. Something like that. I can't remember. I, <laughs> maybe that one's... I'm probably just not remembering Purple Monkey Dishwasher is... I can tell you exactly what that's from. <laughs> that's like they're playing telephone. And who, who's playing telephone? It's something about Principal Skinner or something. Oh, really? And they get the whole message out. Uh-huh. And then they end it with Purple Monkey Dishwasher as like the payoff. Like oh. The jokes are so dumb and simple mm-hmm. that you like they're illogical, but I know exactly where it comes from. Yeah. Um, I like to drop a subtle Simpsons reference or just like say a Simpsons line. Uh-huh. I think they just come out naturally they're just a part of my vernacular sometimes mm-hmm. oh i know um, plenty of people so who do that and i, I like never to do it and never tell someone why and i'll uh-huh. do it in like crowds of people i just met uh-huh. maybe at a bar or something uh-huh. and if any and it's like a litmus test yeah like, absolutely. if anyone finishes it or knows what i'm talking yeah. about they're like oh i like you we can talk where's your where's yeah. your table like hello everybody for sure that's such a like, hi everybody Hi, everybody. Yeah, don't say hello. He never says hello. I don't hello. know. 
I, I, I'm just, I'm not helping you. Because if you walked into a bar and said, hello, everybody, everyone would be like, hey, Mary Beth. <laughs> and well, but like, the thing is, is I, would, I would never use that as a litmus test because if I started talking to someone who knew about The Simpsons, I would be sunk. Like, I don't, I, all I have is really. We gotta catch you up in August. I guess so. Um, when I was a child, I used to. Hi, everybody. There That's you go. You've it got it. Yeah. Hi, Dr. Nick. He's the proper response right. to that. Uh, there, was a, there was another Nerdlog sketch that they wrote and performed. I'm sorry, I interrupted no, you. No, go ahead. I'm an asshole. You're a wonderful uh, <laughs> um, That they did before I was a part of the group where it was, they had a character who, and there were a bunch of scientists, mm-hmm. and they were trying to figure out why this person had not developed, like like she should have and it was because she was uh born after the first 11 episodes of or the first 11 seasons of Simpsons had already aired <laughs> okay so like the only Simpsons she had ever seen was uh 12 on oh, and so that was one of the biggest jokes was that uh just, someone said hi everybody and <laughs> everyone else in the room responded with hi dr nick and she didn't say anything she's out and she's so it's just like and the audience went nuts for it because cool. it was like all these people who knew all the references and i was like this seems fun but i am the person they're making fun of <laughs> yeah. i mean there's so many universes that you could like not be a part of yeah yeah but it, that one seems but like... The Simpsons is something that a lot of people are tapped into. I know. Spe- specifically, there is a Simpsons tap out uh, app. Oh, yeah. So they are literally tapped into Most, it and tapping on oh, it. I would say two or three members of the Nerdalogs use it. I know quite a few people. I'm not into that those kinds of phone games. games. Um, no, I'm into phone games, but like Scrabble and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really understand. I've seen people play it. And you just like go to places I think in it's like Springfield, City. yeah, or like Sin- roller coaster tycoon kind of a thing where yes, you can like it is. sort of build a little. Yes, you build the town, and, and you then get points they all for make people you money. visiting things. Yeah, that that stuff's just a lot like econ class, like, <laughs> like a family <laughs> econ class. I hated that. That's um, I it was an English I can't major imagine for a that being enjoyable. No. So if anyone's listening to this and is offended by us not thinking that Simpsons tapped out is a fun concept for a game then i'm not i'm sorry. not sorry <laughs> you're a, a weirdo <laughs> get out of your phone and start talking about the simpsons instead we can have a lot to talk about um uh, what were you you started a story and i interrupted you to i don't tell even you. remember you're the worst you said something about i think you said back in march back in march um I don't. I have no idea. Uh, but when I was a kid, maybe was, I used to sit at the. I don't know why I wanted to tell this story. I used to sit at the dinner table, and I would say something that was too wise for mm. a child to say. And my after a while, my parents stopped saying, "How did you hear that?" and started saying, "Did you hear that on the Simpsons?" <laughs> or they just like look at me collectively roll their eyes and go, The Simpsons! That's so funny. Like, there was a time where I talked about, like, ex-president Gerald Ford. Uh Uh-huh. When I was way too young to know who he was. Yeah. And, like, my... It's the extent of a lot of my knowledge about history and pop culture that I, like, was just too young for. Has to do with The Simpsons. So I could... That's amazing. I could talk about things, but only... In the, as in much their as plot, the Simpsons as talked about was. it. So, like, <laughs> I feel like I learned about Gerald Ford in the episode where Homer, uh, 
George Bush Sr. Mm-hmm. H.W. H.W. moves across the street from The Simpsons, and he's, like, writing his memoir, and there's, like, a whole Bart is Dennis the Menace kind of uh, plot, and Homer and Bart wage war, like, uh, neighborhood, neighbor war, I guess, against H.W. Oh, And no. they, like, ruin his manuscript, and, uh, like, at the very end, they're like, oh, that guy's a jerk, like, we ran him off. Mm-hmm. I'm ruining the end of an episode. I hope you're okay with that. Uh, I, th- <laughs> I think I'll be okay. At the very end, Gerald Ford moves in, and, and he's just like, hey, Homer, like, it's me, ex-president Gerald Ford. And everyone's like, oh, no, Homer's gonna, like, make, Run him out make too. beef with another ex-president. And Gerald Ford's like, hey, Homer, do you like football and beer? And Homer's, and it's just like, oh, that's a perfect match or whatever. So in gotcha. my head, I always thought he was just like a dumb a really <laughs> And like, I don't care to change how I feel about him because uh, the Simpsons like ingrained within me this thought about Gerald Ford that's so being funny. like Homer Simpson's perfect ex-president and, neighbor. And if, if, and, and if, if Homer's ex-president neighbor... Best like, friend. that ideal had to be an idiot president. <laughs> <laughs> even though Gerald Ford could have very well have been... I wouldn't tell... I couldn't tell you. I don't even, <laughs> even want to know about Gerald Ford. Uh, my, I've got my knowledge, uh-huh. and it's there. It's in the that's last kind of 30 a, seconds of a 22-minute episode. That's so funny. That's kind of how I feel about... Um, Joe Biden because Leslie Nope has this like weird obsession with Joe Biden. So like by where default, she sees him as a a, where she sees him? him as like a sex symbol. <laughs> but she won't touch him, right? That's yeah. Kind of like, she gets too nervous yeah. to hug him in that episode. Yeah, but she tells him how much she like loves him. Uh, it's like a reverence. And from but afar. yeah, the fact that he like actually did the show is so cool to me. Oh, that's super um, cool. I thought one, that was amazing. It's so awesome. There's one episode episode where she well, I think Anne asks her what her ideal man is and she says the brain of George Clooney and the body of Joe, Joe Biden, Biden. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's perfect and so you don't know much about Joe Biden on paper no you just you just think you like do you think of him as a sex symbol because Leslie Nope does I mean be honest probably yeah. I'm, gonna go, I'm gonna go with yes you should I'm going to go with yes. I mean, whatever Amy Poehler says goes. Right? (laughs) And it's not even her. It's a character she plays. But you know there's shades of Amy in there. I certainly hope so. Because if not, I I respect a character much more. (laughs) I respect both of them, I think. Oh, sure. Sure. (laughs) Hard Uh, not to. Oh, man. I just love that show so much. Um, and I talk about it on almost every episode. Well, you, you've hit that mark. Yep. Yep. It's like <laughs> a terrible thing that I do. Uh, What's, no. I try to, I try, I find myself trying to relate to, like, everything, so I just use things that I like instead of just What's letting the person talk about the thing they like. That's I guess that's the only way I know how to. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna stop being self-effacing. Please, if I'm not allowed to apologize, you're not allowed to apologize. <laughs> yeah, but I'm the host. <laughs> you're the guest. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm the guest. <laughs> no, don't apologize <laughs> for being the guest. Um, cool. What uh, do you? Let's see. Um, 
I know there's something else that I want to ask, and it's just not going to uh, come to me. Do you associate um, anything that you do, like, that you write or that you perform with things about The Simpsons? A hundred percent, yeah. There are so many times where, like, Sam Roos and I will either be writing and make a stupid, stupid joke that's so simple mm-hmm. that we've just been like, oh, that's so Simpsons. Oh. And like, that's the highest form of, like, a flattery. Yeah. It's not flattery because it's us talking to each other right. about the thing that we're both writing. Right. But if that ever, if that sentence is ever uttered, then you like, just go with it. With it. <laughs> gotcha, and, gotcha. Like, they're really, they're wonderful at making people simultaneously dumb and smart yeah that's very true it in it's a paradox but it's also just like the humor can be simple enough to feel dumb mm-hmm. but sm- uh intelligent or like referential or uh the like reference levels higher and the i guess the, having the know-all to make that joke is what's smart, sure. but the joke itself is super stupid. It's like, like it's like the characters are playing to the highest level of their intelligence. Exactly. My favorite one of one of my favorite word plays, I guess, or lines from The Simpsons is when um, one of the characters just goes, uh, "Me fail English? That's impossible." And like in itself, it's a joke. It uh-huh. can stand on its own. I love uh-huh. that. Stupid, stupid jokes like that are... And uh, I mean stupid in the highest regard. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. simple. And it yeah, just gets so to the core of me. Like and that, that's kind of my ideal writing style. I feel like that has to have been cultivated from how much you watched it growing for up. For sure, for sure. how much you still watch my it. My sense of humor is totally wrapped up in what I was fed. What I was was told is funny. Yeah, yeah. And do you uh, do you find yourself relating to any characters specifically? Oh, good question. Um, I guess I can't. I can see. I feel like a lot of the times they choose character. They characters change. It's a sitcom, so characters are a caricatures, but they also change depending on the plot of the specific sitcom. Sure. Um, But they also have universal failings and Mm -hmm. universal. Um, personality traits. That we should are find relatable. like a BuzzFeed quiz for you to take Ugh. that tells you. BuzzFeed which. is like <laughs> dumbest. I'm so mad at them right now. I'm so mad at BuzzFeed because today some woman posted an article, wrote an article. I don't even know how it works anymore. I think you can just yeah. sit on your computer and BuzzFeed will post yeah, it's it. It's called BuzzFeed Community. Sure, literally anyone can write one. Yeah, like I wrote this with my butt cheeks, and BuzzFeed <laughs> thought it was funny. <laughs> This lady wrote that she had never seen The Simpsons before, and she's 23 years old. Oh, I saw that someone posted that. I didn't read it. It was so ignorant. The entirety, she was like, it was like 20 facts that, or 20 things that I noticed, or that I would think of, that you would think about having seen The Simpsons for the first time at 23. Some stupid long list like that. Mm -hmm. And um, all of them could have been argued against, or... uh, invalidated as a concern by the simple argument of suspend your disbelief. Like oh, this really? Woman, this woman just went, why are they yellow? 
do oh they have jaundice? So she's also That's like, why horrendous. do they have three fingers? Why does Homer really? only have three hairs on his head? She, and you're like, are you kidding me? She could do that about any cartoon. Any, anything, not even a cartoon. Anything. Like, I could say, uh... Uh, why hasn't Leslie Nope been fired forever? Yeah. Because she's made so many big flubs. Yeah. Why does she still have her job? Yeah. How is this woman oh, would, in love with I this person when she's clearly erratic? How does she find friends yeah. who stick with her this long when she makes choices That's against their so dumb. will? It's so dumb. And, uh, and so, like, I w- I'm mad at BuzzFeed. End of story. They well, ruined The Simpsons for me. I'm sorry and I did I take that quiz. There is one? There is a Witch Simpsons character, are you? What'd you and get? And I got Lionel Hutz. Who's, I don't even know who that is. He's like a skeezy uh, lawyer. Oh, and weird. And <laughs> I have no idea why. Uh, he, I, I guess the one thing I can relate to is um, sometimes I bend the truth <laughs> to appease people. Uh, I was going to ask... I do feel no, a lot no, of pressure. Do you have any, like, favorite characters? Major oh, totally. or minor? Um, yeah, I mean, I think everyone I'm, can relate to just Homer Simpson. He's mm-hmm. such an oaf, and mm-hmm. he, but he's such a lovable oaf, and the mistakes he make makes are um, things that I wouldn't necessarily do, but seeing him go through them, I think as a child, has made me realize that, like, I shouldn't oh, do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am yeah. smarter than this guy. That's really funny. So you do take a, you do take. And you're like, if you find yourself relating too much to Homer, you have right. to step back and ask yourself if what are you doing with your life. Sat- <laughs> satire isn't lost, on right? You. Yeah, that's really funny. On me, the whole town has failings. Um, I definitely relate to Lisa Simpson mm-hmm. and how she kind of feels like, um, like she doesn't fit in mm-hmm. because she's so vocal about her like vegetarianism yeah. and her yeah. like little uh, girl opinions uh, and I how old are I mean little I meant supposed to be to belittle it um eight and ten so second grade and fourth grade that's what I thought I, I was I think I remember finding out that they were that young and being yeah. really surprised because seemingly they're their minds and issues were oh, for sure. far advanced, but I guess that's how most Calvin cartoons Hobbs, are. Yeah. South Park, every like you, it's, yeah. it's like truth from the mouths of babes or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, well, I know this is similar to me asking if you ever find yourself, uh, you know, drawing from your love of Simpsons when you write. But do you feel like there's any uh, overarching like? How do you feel like your love of The Simpsons has affected your life creatively? If there's anything else there left untapped. And then, how do you feel like your love of The Simpsons has affected your life in general? Um, I think those things go hand in hand. Yeah. If I ever feel like I'm not being creative and I need to just get back to something that really, I don't know, tickles me Mm -hmm. on the inside. Something that, like, just inspires me to pursue the passion of comedy that yeah. I already have, it's I'll watch something that I revere. And it's and, and usually... I, and it's usually The Simpsons or Mr. Show. Oh, cool. And I'll just, I'll find an episode online or I'll throw in a DVD if I have, can't think of something. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll watch it and either I'll get my creative juices going because I'm... I hate that phrase, too. <laughs> it's okay. Ugh. Oh, I've just grossed myself out. There's not a much better way to put it. 
Exactly. It's just creatively inspiring. Moving on, you. I've put on my thinking cap in regards to comedy when I watch that show now, and I yeah. like really get inspired to continue or to just, it, it's a refresher. It's like makes me laugh again, mm-hmm. you know? That's great. Uh, do you feel like, I mean, I feel like you've already spoken to the fact that it's like strengthened or started friendships and stuff oh, for, for sure. you and stuff. Yeah. That's, that's always so cool to think about, you know, a thing that the creators have no, you know, a f- literal effect or ability to read how it's going to uh, play into so many people's lives. But people have written about it, and it certain, like, obviously when they went into it, they weren't intending to make something that's so prolific. But, right. Um, now that it had, or because it, even though it has, once it reached that level, mm-hmm. people have started, like, uh, having scholarly articles. Yeah, and, like, yeah. Books. I have a book all about how The Simpsons affected pop culture. Oh, yeah. I've heard, uh, I think I may have heard of the book. It's called Planet Simpson. Okay. And uh, I have just skimmed it because it's <laughs> thick. <laughs> and I'm too busy watching TV. I can't be reading. Uh... <laughs> I do read regularly, but not that book yet. Uh, but what I have it's okay. gleaned I don't from read it, very often. I think is interesting that the, just the fact that people, um, that the, it's such a, a, like a massive canon and such uh-huh. a, uh, uh, it's had such an influence on pop culture, such an influence on, like, even on, not society, but like, certainly culture and society mm-hmm. are, uh, sim- in a symbiotic relationship where they affect one another and like... The Simpsons being able to satirically reflect kind of middle class America. Yeah, absolutely. Certainly has, gets people more aware. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's just fascinating to be able to explore the multiple varieties of how it has permeated into academia mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and just comedy in general mm-hmm. uh how like, doe is was added to oh the, yeah the, the dictionary. webster's dictionary yeah. right right little things like that you're just like oh i do say doe sometimes so, uh well i gosh i was gonna say something else oh i think that so many other i thought it was really interesting that you mentioned that it like satirizes the american family and i was just thinking about the fact you know, like, was that a a unique thing at the time? And the answer, I think, is no, but they went about it in a completely different way than anything else had. Like, sitcoms based around family have existed as long as sitcoms have existed. But a lot of times it was, like, idolized families as opposed to flawed families. Yeah, or even if it was a flawed family, there's just a limited amount that you can do with something that's live action, you know? Right. And on The Simpsons, I think their flaws are what make them compelling, and when Mm -hmm. they do things incorrectly, it's funny, and, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you, even though you know, like, Homer... Uh, like letting his family down again for some crazy scheme. Mm-hmm. 
you know that like it's it's gonna the, in the good seasons it's gonna come back to like the point at the end where he's just like shit I did that wrong no. I should have like helped Lisa out or I should have like ta- like put, <laughs> put my family first and then you're like oh you've learned and you've grown cool. and I like to see that cool and I don't necessarily make that mistake but it it's certainly a relief to watch you go through it that's awesome um I read today a fun fact that uh they drew the Simpsons yellow mm-hmm. uh, to so that it, it could be easily recognizable as someone's flipping the channels. So, oh. like, you're flipping channels and you see, like, a yellow, yellow cartoon, cartoon You're like, oh, that's the Simpsons. They're distinct. That's interesting. And you know it's the Simpsons immediately mm-hmm. and you want to watch it. Like, you said you noticed on the back of my phone it's the Simpsons. Like, how, mm-hmm. how quickly did you see that? Yeah. You know, hey, Homer Simpson. It's not... Oh, a yellow cartoon. A character. yellow guy. No, it's yeah. obviously Homer. Cool. Well, this was great, and <laughs> thank you very much for coming to do it with me. Oh, uh, thank you for inviting me. I hope you cut all my poop words out. I I said some boring things at the beginning. <sighs> we'll see. <laughs> or just it's put all it all in me. and make people deal with it. No, I'll probably. I mean, it was like twenty. It was like twenty minutes. I'll probably cut it down to like ten. We'll see. Oh my god! Yeah, ten whole minutes of me blabbing about something irrelevant. You have no idea how interesting you are. <laughs> <laughs> You're the worst. It's <laughs> not even a, uh, a truth. Amy, uh, this was great. Thank you so much Thank for doing it with you. me. The thing that I say at the end of every every episode every conversation that i have with someone on mbsing is that i love you and i mean that i love you thanks for your positivity (laughs) and that kitten he helps a lot This has been a Nerdalogs production. For more on the Nerdalogs and our shows, please go to www.nerdalogs.com. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.